Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here. Nobody we episode seven. the podcast. It is Super America. The Air Tour Sports Podcast presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I hope everybody is ready for one of my favorite episodes of the year. That is right. It is bracket time. Okay, so Monday, we kind of did the first look at the bracket. What do you need to know? What am I thinking? All that good stuff. Well, today, I'm making my official picks, going game by game, region by region, giving you all the information you need to fill out your brackets uh, hopefully, at the very least, give you good information, but obviously, I'm going to be telling you who I'm picking, my official national champion, all of that good stuff. So, loaded show, fun show, region by region. We'll start with the East and the South on one side. We'll go to the Midwest and the West on the other. Give you my picks, and we will get out of here. Before we get started, speaking of brackets, I wanted to remind you, if you have not signed up for the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge, what are you waiting for? Good news, you still have 24 hours. You still have up until Thursday at noon. But if you have not signed up, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy. Go to BracketFanatics.com. That is right. I'm working with BracketFanatics again, third straight year. Use them for our NFL Pick'em Challenge. Go to BracketFanatics.com. Click the Join Bracket tab. The bracket is named Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. All you got to do is sign up, make some picks. You are good to go. The best part? Oh, I'm giving out cash, baby. That is right. Thanks to Bracket Fanatics, we have a $1,000 prize pool. We are giving out $1,000 in cash prizes to the winners of the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge. And the best part is it is free to enter. BracketFanatics.com. Join Bracket. Bracket named Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. And once you sign up, all you got to do is make your picks, and then you're done. But here is the cool part about Bracket Fanatics. Well, really, two cool parts, as a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it. The first cool part, one, if you signed up last year, all you got to do, use that same email. You already have an account. You don't need to sign up anything new, all that good stuff. So Bracket Fanatics is making it easy for you. Speaking of Bracket Fanatics making it easy for you, I think it's worth noting this as well. If you're running your own Bracket Challenge, well, guess what? Bracket Fanatics can host your Bracket too. Here's the cool part. You could do a free Bracket like mine. 
Or if you're doing a bracket where there is payment involved, this is the best part. This is the coolest thing about Bracket Fanatics going. If you have a bracket that does involve payment, Bracket Fanatics on the site, everybody can pay on the site and distribution of the money and prizes is on the site as well. So we've all run brackets. We all know how annoying it is to chase everybody down for their $5, for their $20, for their $100, whatever. I always blame Doris from accounting. She never wants to pony up her five bucks. Well, guess what? Doris, you want in on Bracket Fanatics? You got to go to BracketFanatics.com. You got to pay right there. So again, you can join the Bracket Bracket named Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. That's the Torres pool. Free to enter, $1,000 cash prizes. But if you're running your own pool, use Bracket Fanatics as well. It can You can either run a free pool or, oh, by the way, if you want to have a pay pool, Bracket Fanatics will collect all the money on the site, distribute it, you don't have to be chasing down anybody. So bracketfanatics.com, if you want in, bracket name Torres. And oh, by the way, make sure to run your own bracket via Bracket Fanatics as well. With that said, though, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, you already know, baby. You already know it is the day before the NCAA tournament as I record here. It is Wednesday, March 15th. I waited till after the first set of playing games to make my official picks, but it is time to go. What we're going to do is we're going to go region by region, game by game, and I am going to give you my picks. We're going to use the bracket fanatics bracket. So I'm starting in the east on my screen. It's the, the top left corner. Then from the east, we will go to the south. Then we will take a quick break, come back, go to the west where Kansas is the number one seed. And then from there, we will end with the Midwest where Houston is the number one seed. So let's start. Let's start in the East, the beautiful East Coast. Regional is in New York City. Top four seeds in this region. Purdue is the number one seed. The number two seed is Marquette. The number three seed is Kansas State. The number four seed is Tennessee. The number five seed is Duke. And the number six seed is Kentucky. So a lot of intrigue in this region. A lot of interest. And as I said on Monday's show, I said, look, I'll tell you what, this region is the region where if it all breaks the way that CBS wants it to, you better believe Jim Nance, uh, 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 who, who else, Grant Hill and Bill Raftery will be at Madison Square Garden for this regional if CBS gets the region that they want. Let's start in the top left corner, number one seed, Purdue. Actually, as of right now, I don't know who they are playing. They are obviously playing the winner of Tuesday night's or excuse me, Wednesday night's play in game because I am recording here on Wednesday. Purdue is playing the winner of Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. Hate to brag. I think I'm going to go ahead and take Texas Southern in that one. As far as the Betfred Sportsbook is concerned, it does appear as though Texas Southern is a two and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. So if you like betting 16 seed on 16 seed action, Texas, Texas Southern is a slight favorite in that game. But as critical as I've been of Purdue, I do think Purdue advances in that first game. The 8-9 game in that region go on down. Memphis against Florida Atlantic. I think two actually pretty good stories overall. Memphis, to its credit, I think actually had a very good season in the out of conference. Took care of Vanderbilt. Took care of Texas A&M. Took care of Auburn. Was comfortably in the tournament. 
And then, oh, by the way, when Marcus Sasser got banged up in the AAC championship game, Memphis gets the win there. They're the eight seed, and they're playing a really fun Florida Atlantic team, okay? Florida Atlantic, a really good story out of the uh, out of Conference USA. They were a team that won 31 games in the regular season, only three losses total, one at UAB in conference, one at Ole Miss, and one at Middle Tennessee State. So they have not lost on a neutral or home game all year. And what's interesting about both these teams is that both of them are very good scoring teams, but both of them are elite defensive teams as well. Both top 25 shooting percentage defenses in this game. Both teams get after you as far as the defense is concerned. But I'll be honest, as far as I'm concerned, I actually do like Memphis in this game. Bottom line, I think Memphis just has better dudes across the board. Uh, Memphis is super athletic. The name that you need to know for Memphis is Kendrick Davis. He is a guard that this season was as good as anybody in college basketball with the ball in his hands, 22 points, five and a half assists per game, about a 35% free uh, three-point shooter. And what's interesting to me about this game, Florida Atlantic, they shoot about 37%. They want to beat you from behind the three-point line. Well, Memphis is one of the best three-point defenses in all of college basketball. So I do think Memphis advances out of an 8-9 game. Should be really fun. I saw some pushback on Florida Atlantic seeding, but regardless, I think it's tough to see them beating Memphis here. Let's go to the rest of the region, the 5-12 game. I'll tell you, you know, the 5-12s are always where upsets can happen. Bottom line, Duke versus Oral Roberts is easily a game that could be an upset. Duke, of course, is coming into the NCAA tournament off of the uh, ACC tournament win. They've won about 9-10 games in a row. And really what has allowed Duke to continue to have success is actually, I think John Shire has done a really good job of bringing all of his guys along. Early on, the big guy Kyle Filipowski was playing well, but there really wasn't much around him. Well, Jeremy Roach, the starting point guard, has gotten healthy. Tyrese Proctor is kind of a guard that can play on and off the ball. think he has developed very nicely as well. Mark Mitchell, a wing, has developed nicely. Derek Lively is coming along. So Duke's playing really well. But you talk about a tough opening round matchup, Oral Roberts. Remember, Oral Roberts two years ago was that team that became just the second 15 seed ever to advance to the Sweet 16 beat Ohio State, beat Florida, lost to Arkansas, essentially at the buzzer. A Devo Davis bucket with two, three seconds left, clinched Arkansas' spot in the Elite Eight two years ago. But Oral Roberts is back, and they are a really good team. 31-3 and overall. Their last loss was on January 9th, and it was a game that just got scheduled out of the blue. Both teams needed an extra game. They go to New Mexico, they lose. If they had not scheduled that game, we're talking about Oral Roberts coming into this game basically on a four-month win streak, one loss total since Christmas. That is an unbelievable stat, zero losses since the middle of January. And what's interesting about this team, this was one that as the season went on, I kind of kept my eye out and said, you know what? This is a team that can pull off an upset. Max Apesmith, their, their, their guard, really talented player, two years ago led college basketball in scoring. This year, he's actually got more help around him, and I would argue this Oral Roberts team is better than the one that lost in the Sweet 16. Max Aismas has some help. Isaac McBride plays alongside him, a kid who began his career at Kansas, 
really talented guard combo. And then, oh, by the way, you know who's down low? Connor Vanover. Remember the name Connor Vanover? Former Arkansas Razorback, seven foot five center, played two years with Arkansas, now with Oral Roberts. And I'm telling you, they are going to give Duke fits. But I do still have Duke. Listen, at the end of the day, I think Shire's done a great job. And this team is kind of getting scoring from basically all over the court as far as Duke is concerned. As I said earlier, it was kind of a one-man band with Kyle Filipowski, but they've gotten healthy. They're playing well. They obviously won the ACC tournament, and I do have Duke winning this game. Finally, the 4-13 matchup. Tennessee against Louisiana. Obviously, what you need to know about Louisiana, uh, Jordan Brown, former McDonald's All-American, played at Nevada for Eric Musselman. So you know he's been playing college basketball for a while. Transferred, played for Sean Miller at Arizona. Now he's at the University of Louisiana. He is the best player for that Louisiana team against Tennessee. Listen, Tennessee fans, I understand, are frustrated with the state of things right now. I do think they advance out of this game, though. I know there's no Sakai Ziegler. I think Tennessee's actually played reasonably well without Sakai Ziegler, all things considered. Now, I know what you'd sit there and say. Well, they're one and two since his injury. He got hurt in that Arkansas game. Then they lose at Auburn. They beat Ole Miss in the opener of the SEC tournament. And then they lose to Missouri in the SEC tournament. Well, guess what? In that SEC tournament, they had Missouri right on the ropes. And could not close. They were a player two away. No Sagai Ziegler. Again, for people who have forgotten, Tennessee's starting point guard is hurt. But my hunch is that they survive round one against Louisiana. Let's go to the bottom half of the bracket. And boy, oh boy, the 6-11 game is one of intrigue as Kentucky comes in against Providence. The storylines of this one write themselves, right? John Calipari, we all know, has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2019. Now, that number is pretty skewed. I think it's a BS stat. There was no tournament in 2020. 2021 was a bad year. And yes, they did get upset by St. Peter's last year. Inexcusable. You got to be better. And I remember talking about that game on this show. And I said afterward, look, it's going to be a long year to get back to the NCAA tournament. And you got to go ahead and win some games once you get there. Otherwise, this fan base has turned and they're not coming back. Well, here's your chance. And I'll say this. I don't think there is a better possible matchup for Kentucky in round one than Providence. A couple quick thoughts here. One with Kentucky. It feels like this team is weird. When people expect them to play well, that's usually when they disappoint, most notably the last two Vanderbilt games. But when they come in with a chip on their shoulder, when they come in doubted, or when there's a reason to question things, they usually play their best. Well, who's Providence's best player? Bryce Hopkins, former Kentucky player, transferred from Kentucky in the offseason. And so I look at this game. Kentucky, I don't, they shouldn't need an edge or a chip on their shoulder coming into the NCAA tournament, but I think that they probably do. And so because of it, you get your former teammate who basically crapped on your program, certainly crapped on your coach on his way out. And you talk about an advantageous matchup. I don't think Providence is nearly as athletic as Kentucky, nearly as talented as Kentucky, chip on the shoulder with Bryce Young. And then, of course, we got to address the elephant in the room. Nothing official as I'm recording here unless something has changed. But Ed Cooley, the Providence coach, is being linked very heavily to the Georgetown job. I named him the number one candidate the day the Georgetown job opened, and he has done nothing to deny interest as it continues to pick up steam. 
Seth Davis, I saw tweeted something the other day about Ed Cooley. So if you're Kentucky, now look, Kentucky, I've heard Kentucky fans say they have a quote-unquote easy draw. I don't buy that. I think the Kansas State team you play in round two is really tough. But I do think this is, you got to win this game. You're playing against a, a team that thinks their coach is leaving after this game for a conference rival. You have to get this win. I think Kentucky gets this win. Let's go to the 314 game. Kansas State, Montana State. I think Kansas State rolls. Kansas State's a really good team. For people who do not know, Keontae Johnson, the player that in a horrifying incident collapsed on the court a few years ago at the University of Florida. He is now the star at Kansas State, but they really get production from across the floor. Marquise Noel, 5'8", 5'9", guard from New York, is really talented. Naquan Tomlin, big guy, rim protector, all of that. And then, oh, by the way, if you remember the name, I was just talking about Oral Roberts' run to the Sweet 16 where they lost to Arkansas a few years ago. Well, the name Desi Sills should ring a bell. Desi Sills played on that Arkansas team. He is now at Kansas State. He is playing really, really, really good basketball right now. Uh, and I think Kansas State cruises in that 314 matchup. Bottom of the bracket. Really interesting matchup in the 10-7 game between USC and Michigan State, okay? So what's interesting about this game is I think everybody thinks Michigan State is, you know, big, burly, physical. They've really been led by their guards, in my opinion, uh, 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 Jaden Akins and Tyson Walker and all of that. USC is kind of the same. Now, USC is a really interesting team. They don't have a great out-of-conference resume. And really, the Pac-12, outside of Arizona and UCLA, didn't really provide you opportunities to pick up big wins. So they've basically been off the radar all year. I think this is a really good team, though. Five different guys average at least nine points per game. And Andy Enfield never gets credit for this, but they have an elite defense, as they always do. Top 10 nationally in field goal percentage defense. I actually like USC to win this game over Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State is the slight favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, but I will tell you, I, the one thing to consider, and we did talk about this on the show on, I guess it would have been Monday, it is a 12-10 Eastern time tip, so that's something to consider, 9-10 local time for USC, but I do like the Trojans to win outright as the 10 seed in that region. Finally, last opening round game, Marquette against Vermont. Listen, Vermont's a great team. They're a great story. They're here every year. Here's my concern about Vermont. They play small. They want to space you. They want to shoot threes. Just one problem. Who does that sound like? Marquette. Only Marquette has much better players to do the exact same thing. I think Marquette rolls in this one. I don't think there's much else to add. Let's go back to the top of the bracket. We are now in round of 32 games. So we did all the round one games in the East region. Let's go to the round of 32 where Purdue plays Memphis. And this is Torres' first big upset of the tournament. Purdue losing to Memphis in round two of the NCAA tournament. Memphis advancing to the Sweet 16. Listen, bottom line, what you need to know here, it's pretty straightforward, is this. it's not. I'm not picking this game because I said all year that I think Purdue is going to get upset. I just picked this game because I think it's a terrible matchup for Purdue, okay? Purdue... What do they want to do? They want to feed you down low with Zach Eady. They want to kick out. They want to do this. They want to do that. Just one problem. I think Zach Eady is going to go for 40 in this game because Memphis has no one to guard him. I think every other spot on the floor, though, Memphis is a better team. And the one thing uh, Purdue has struggled with all year, really good guard play, quick guards. Remember, Jalen Hood-Shafino, 
for Indiana, had 36 points at Purdue in a win. Uh, Maryland's guards created havoc for Purdue in a win. Well, Kendrick Davis, I think this is a game where he goes absolutely off. I think they put Zach Eady in ball screens and Kendrick Davis goes to work. Athletically, Memphis is a better... Memphis just... I'll say this. Purdue and Zach Eady are... Purdue, Zach Eady's awesome. I think he did deserve National Player of the Year. But at four of the five positions, Memphis is going to have the more athletic player, the more skilled player, and the more the, just the better player. I like Memphis to pull off the upset here and advance to the Sweet 16. Let's go to the 4-5 game, Tennessee and Duke. Listen, I just talked about Tennessee. I think that they I don't think they've been terrible. It feels like the fan base has really just kind of given up on Rick Barnes. I understand it. I understand there's been tournament disappointment. I don't think this is the year you can judge Rick Barnes. You just look at what has happened with this team all year long. Injuries across the board to Viscovi, to Josiah Jordan-James, to Zakai Ziegler. I think Duke advances out of this game. Just, just Duke is, is trending in the right direction. Tennessee is trending in the wrong direction. I'm not going to blame Rick Barnes. This isn't going to be a Rick Barnes chokes again. He was the higher seed. I'm sorry. I just think it's a tough matchup for them. I think Duke advances to the Sweet 16 where they will play Memphis. Bottom half of the bracket. Let's get to it. I'm going to say this. I just said it a minute ago. Kentucky fans I've heard all week seems to think they have an easy bracket. I actually think Kansas State is a terrible matchup for them. So what are the two things that Kentucky has struggled with all season long for the Wildcats? One, those super quick, super athletic guards that create chaos. That's basically how Vanderbilt beat them, right? Guards drive the paint. Guards kick out. Guards hit the low post. Guards score. That's who Marquise Noel from Kansas State is. He's a quick guard who gets in the paint, makes decisions, beats you off the dribble, and continues to put pressure on you going forward. What is the other thing that Kentucky has struggled with? Any team that has length inside and can block shots. Well, Kansas State is not an elite shot blocking team, but they have a kid named Naquan Tomlin, who's about six foot ten who I think is going to give Oscar Sheboy struggles. Now, if Oscar Sheboy gets him in foul trouble early, then it's a completely different game. But just because Kansas State doesn't block a lot of shots doesn't mean that they don't have athleticism down low. And I do think they give Kentucky trouble. I think this is a tough spot, quick turnaround, and specifically the two things that Kentucky struggles with, Kansas State does well. I have Kansas State advancing out of this game to the Sweet 16. Finally, in the 2-10 game, it will be Marquette versus USC. I actually like Marquette to make the Sweet 16. Listen, I know that there's one team every year that gets super hot in champ week, and everybody says, oh, they're overrated. And I know everybody wants to say that's Marquette. Well, I think Marquette, it's actually the exact opposite. First of all, Marquette has played very, very, very well down the stretch. Their last loss was the first week of February to UConn. They had five wins before that. Right now, they're sitting at 28-6 and six overall. And as we enter this NCAA tournament, Marquette is on a nine-game win streak. This isn't a one-two-three-game thing. This is a one-two-three-month thing. They won at Creighton. They won the Big East tournament on a neutral court against UConn and then against Xavier. Two completely different styles. I think Marquette wins. I think they roll to the Sweet 16, setting up a Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden the one that we all predicted in the preseason, Duke versus Memphis and Kansas State versus Marquette. I'm going to take, I hate to say it, people, I'm taking Duke to the Elite Eight out of this game. 
for the simple reason that I, I just, listen, I think Memphis can beat you in a number of ways athletically and skill-wise. Memphis will probably have the best player on the floor in Kendrick Davis, but if you go ahead and look at this matchup, Memphis probably, Duke can match them athletically and they have better players. I don't think Purdue can match Memphis athletically. Duke can match Memphis athletically, though. Duke gets the win. Again, I just like their, their five players across the board. think those six, seven guys are playing really well. Yes, I have Duke in the Elite Eight, and I have Marquette beating Kansas State in the Elite Eight. Again, Kansas State. Quick guards, ball movement, spacing, three-point shooting. Marquette has all that just within my opinion, better players. Finally, an Elite Eight, Marquette versus Duke. I have been torn on this one all week. I'm going to go with Marquette. Listen, I, 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 I just, I don't know what else to say about Marquette. I, I, this is one of the games all NCAA tournament long as I've looked at this bracket, I've tried to figure out. I just think Duke five seed, this is about where it should end. The ACC wasn't as tough, I think, on a night in, night out basis as the Big East. I have Marquette advancing. More athletic, more skill, better three-point shooting. I think they can give Kyle Filipowski fits at the rim. Yes, I have Marquette advancing to the Final Four. Let's go down to the South region. I'll try to be a little bit quicker, and then we'll take a break and get out of here. Alabama plays Texas A&M, uh, Corpus Christi. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi won its opener on Tuesday night in the playing game. Alabama's obviously going to advance. West Virginia against Maryland, super intriguing matchup. I think both teams are happy to be here. West Virginia missed the tournament last year. Maryland has been a joke forever. I actually do like West Virginia. They are a slight favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook going into this game. Um, and, and, you know, the way that I look at it is this, is that basically Maryland is super athletic with really good guards, but they, they don't have very much size. They're not great on the on the boards. They're not great protecting the rim. Well, West Virginia, just as athletic, just as skilled at the guard spot, but they're just as big, just as quick, just as athletic on the wings. I do like West Virginia to win this game. Bottom half of the bracket, uh, San Diego State and Charleston, the 5-12 matchup. This is a trendy 5-12 upset. I'll be honest, I didn't see it the night the bracket came out, and I don't see it now at all. You look at this game. Okay, what does Charleston do well? Charleston's one of the top scoring teams in college basketball. But what's interesting about them is a few things. One, as I told you the other day, they have only beaten one team all season long that ended up in the NCAA tournament field, and that was Kent State. They took care of some bad ACC teams, some bad A-10 teams. Don't want to discredit a 31-win team. But when you look at Charleston, here is what here is how they beat you. They play quick. They space the floor. They shoot a ton of threes. But what's wild is a few things. One, they're not very big. They only have one guy in their starting lineup that's over six foot four inches tall. So you'd think they have a bunch of guards. They shoot a lot of threes. They must make a lot of them. They only shoot about 33% from three. And so you're going up against one of the elite defensive teams in college basketball in San Diego State. They are great on the wing. They are going to control the boards. They are going to beat Charleston up on the boards. I just really like the San Diego State team. Big Ten, uh, uh, Mountain West, excuse me, Mountain West regular season champs, Mountain West tournament champions. And you look at them. I think the other thing that you have to remember, San Diego State, by the way, a top 40 rebounding team nationally. The thing we have to remember about San Diego State, okay, is that their head coach, Brian Dutcher, he took over for Steve Fisher in the 2017-2018 season, okay? So 2018, 2019, 
2021, 2022. There was no NCAA tournament in 2020. Brian Dutcher has not won an NCAA tournament game yet. So this is a team full of guys that have been here before, but also are talking openly about how important it is for them to win a game for Brian Dutcher and get this proverbial monkey off his back. I think San Diego State wins and they actually roll. Speaking of games that are really kind of intriguing for uh, uh, upset specials, classic case of offense versus defense, Virginia versus Furman. It's kind of worth noting, Virginia has not been great down the stretch. They did go four and two in their final six. Not great, but included was a three-point win over Louisville. They barely survived against some other, you know, decent teams. But they go four and two, but they lose to a bad North Carolina team. Um, they, they obviously lost to Clemson. And of those four wins, two were against Louisville. One was against Notre Dame, the, the two worst teams in the league. Don't think they're playing well, but I, I just don't see the upset here, okay? Furman is a team that wants to, again, attack, space, shoot, score, but this will be the best defensive team that they see all year. Do think Virginia wins this game comfortably. Bottom half of the bracket, listen, Creighton, NC State, okay? I've been on Creighton all year. I've been on Creighton all year, thought they were a top five team in the preseason, picked them to win the Big East last year. They struggled early. I defended them. I said, Ryan Kalkbrenner's not available, all that good stuff. Then they go to the Big East tournament and they get smacked by Xavier. And so I, I just, I got to get off the Creighton bandwagon, okay? I've been defending this team since November. At some point, you are who you are. And I just think they have way too many defensive lapses over the course of any individual game. This was a team that gave up 82 to Xavier in the, um, gave up 82 to Xavier in the Big East tournament. Uh, Villanova final game of the regular season gave up 79. They lost to Marquette late in the year at home. Now that's not a bad loss by any stretch, but couldn't get stops down the stretch. Well, now you're playing an NC state team. How about this? Three elite guards Terquavian Smith, Jarkel Joyner, who's been playing really well. Casey Morsell. I like the NC state Wolfpack to pull off an 11, six upset in this game. Go to the three fourteen game Baylor and UC Santa Barbara. Really intriguing game. Santa Barbara's first of all, Baylor did not play well down the stretch. Two and two in their final four regular season games, or two and three, excuse me, in their final five. Lose to Iowa State in the regular season finale. And then, oh, by the way, they lost again to Iowa State in the conference tournament opener. You would kind of hope after you get smacked at home in the final game of the regular season that you'd be ready to go in the conference tournament. Instead, they lose that one as well. And so, listen, at a certain point, you are who you are. Now, the question is, can UC Santa Barbara, who is a great but not elite defensive team, is that a team that can beat them in round one? That I don't know. But UC Santa Barbara is a 10.5-point underdog in the Betfred Sportsbook, and I do think UCSB can give them fits. First of all, for a mid-major, Santa Barbara has some really talented players. Miles Norris, a forward, is a former top 50 recruit, began his career at Oregon. Uh, A.J. Mitchell, really talented guard. And then also Andre Kelly was an all-conference player for Cal in the Pac-12. So this is not the typical mid-major feel-good story. They have big-time players. I am going to take Baylor to advance. But I'll do on Thursday, I'll do a quick best bet show. And I think UC Santa Barbara plus 10.5 is going to be one of my favorite bets there. Uh, let's keep it going. Bottom half of that bracket. So I, I've gone through the, the 314 game. 7-10 game between Missouri and Utah State is going to be a really fun one. I do have Missouri winning this one. These are two really high-scoring teams. 
back and forth, up and down. Listen, I, you know, I, I just, I like Dennis Gates, man. I do. Got a man crush. Sorry. Gonna own it. Whatever. The guy is incredible. And what I love about this Missouri team, they never get too up. They never get too down. They never get too high. They never get too low. And what is that a reflection of? That's a reflection of the dude on the sidelines. I mean, have you ever seen Dennis Gates smile, laugh, yell, scream? He's always calm. He's always cool. And his teams play that way. This team played very well coming into the tournament. They obviously beat Tennessee in the SEC tournament. And look, Utah State is a really good team. And this one wouldn't shock me if Utah State pulled the upset. But I'm going to roll with Missouri. This was one of the games, in my opinion, that was the toughest to predict. I'll be blunt. Um, You know, as far as bets are concerned, this is one that I would not bet. But I do think Utah State is not uh, going to beat Missouri. I like Missouri to win. Arizona versus Princeton. I know Arizona's coming in with a little bit of an injury issue with Kirk Creesa, shoulder problem. They're not losing to Princeton. Arizona's up, Arizona's down, but they're not losing to Princeton. So I have Arizona advancing out of this game. Let's go back to the top half of the bracket in the round of 32, Alabama versus West Virginia. Alabama's going to roll. Listen, no disrespect to West Virginia. They're not skilled enough. Alabama is just as tough defensively. Alabama is just as good. I don't see, I I don't know if Alabama's going to win at all. Not to play spoiler, don't think they're going to win at all. This isn't the game that they get caught up though. Alabama will advance to the Sweet 16 for the second time in three years under Nate Oates. And then the San Diego State-Virginia game, I'll be blunt, I just like San Diego State. Two really good defensive teams. San Diego State, in my opinion, is the better offensive team. San Diego State, in my opinion, is the more athletic team. I have San Diego State rolling there to the Sweet 16 where they will face Alabama. Bottom half of the bracket, NC State versus Baylor. Yes, I had Baylor surviving the game against UC Santa Barbara. I'm taking the NC State Wolfpack to the Sweet 16 to upset Baylor as an 11 seed in advance of the Sweet 16. Look, again, Baylor, inconsistent all year, especially defensively. This NC State team is not the team that you want to be consistent against. And I'll take it a step further. If I'm wrong about NC State beating Creighton, I would pick Creighton to beat Baylor in this game as well. Again, at some point, you are who you are. At some point, we have a 32, 33, 34 game sample size that this Baylor team is inconsistent, that something isn't right, two and three down the stretch, gets smacked in their Big 12 tournament opener. I don't think there's something, I don't think there's something just not right with this team. I do like NC State to pull off the upset. I do like NC State into the Sweet 16. And then the Missouri Arizona game. Listen, Missouri is going to be tough. Arizona's just way too big, way too physical down low. Azulas Tubelis, second-team All-American from the AP, runner-up for Pac-12 Player of the Year, I believe. I'm not even positive, uh, behind uh, behind Jaime Jaquez from from UCLA. But listen, this guy, even in his bad games, is awesome. 19-14 and against UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game, 17-9 and the game before uh, 24-10 and in use against UCLA uh, in the regular season finale. I have Arizona advancing to the Sweet 16. Two Sweet 16 games. Listen, Alabama-San Diego State. I am going to take Alabama, but I, I, I think San Diego State can legitimately pull the upset here. San Diego State, I've told you two or three times, top 35 defense. This is Let, let me even backtrack. This is what you need to beat Alabama. You have to be mentally tough, physically tough, and athletic defensively because Alabama, even though they're young, We've talked about this with Alabama all season long. 
They're super athletic and everyone focuses on the scoring. They are a great rebounding team. They're a great defensive team. They are a great rim protecting team. And so I look at this game and if you are whoever is playing Alabama, you have to be tough and physical, but you also have to be able to score to keep up with them. You look at the teams that have beaten them, UConn, Texas A&M, they're tough, but they're physical, but they're this, but they're that, but they're veteran. I think that's San Diego State. Would not surprise me if San Diego State pulls off the upset. I am going to pick Alabama to advance by the thinnest of margins because I think the um, the offense is just a little bit better. I do have Alabama in the Elite Eight. And then Arizona, this is where NC State's run ends, okay? Love NC State. Love my boy Kevin Keats. Um, but I look at this situation, I say Arizona just physically and athletically is a little bit too much. And then how about this for an upset? In the Elite Eight, number one Alabama, number two Arizona. Yes, I'm going with Arizona. By the way, must be a Tommy Lloyd thing because when, th- for three or four years, I always backed Gonzaga and they always let me down. Now, last year, I picked Arizona to win the national championship. They lose in the Sweet 16. I am picking Arizona here, though, and let me explain why. What did I tell you? What is the blueprint to beat Alabama, okay? Alabama, the blueprint is you have to be tough. You have to be athletic down low because they will beat you up even though they're young. Well, Arizona is super physical and athletic enough down low. I think they're one of the few teams that actually can match up with Alabama in the post. And then on the perimeter, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. So Arizona, their kind of kryptonite, if you will, is guard play from the perspective that Kirk Creesa is not super athletic. I would actually argue that Alabama's guards are not super athletic as well. Javon Quinterly's very kind of a quick twitch, good with the ball, but he's not a super athlete that's going to lock down Kirk Creesa. Same with Mark Sears. And so I don't know who Alabama's going to play that's just going to shut down Kirk Creesa and make his life you-know-what. Last year, Houston was able to do it in the tournament. Other teams have had success throughout the year. But listen, the one thing you can say about this Arizona team, you can criticize them, and I have. Inconsistent, all that good stuff. But what we need to remember about this Arizona team, in the out-of-conference play, beat Indiana, beat San Diego State, beat Creighton, beat Tennessee, beat UCLA twice during the regular season. They're not always great on a, two, on, a, on a Thursday night against Stanford or Saturday night against Stanford, Thursday night against Washington State, but they come to play in big games. I have Arizona advancing to the Final Four. Yes, that is right. Through two brackets, I have Arizona and Marquette in the Final Four. So what we're going to do, take a quick break, come back, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the West region, and then we're going to talk about the very intriguing Midwest region where Houston is the number one seed, Number one seed in that region. We'll take a quick break, discuss all that next. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're getting back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. It is March. You want to make wagers, and there is no better place to make them than at the Betfred Sportsbook, the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres pod and all things Aaron Torres media. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops in the UK, and they have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of the Colorado Rockies, Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, Aaron Torres Media. And what I love about Betfred, they do more for their customers than anybody. And here's what they're doing for you this March. You can bet $50 on any game this March, any game. And they will give you up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Go to betfredsports.com. Make your first $50 wager. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But then how about this? For the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, you will be insured for up to $200 for the first five weeks. So you you make a few bets and we're all going to win all our bets this March. But if it doesn't work out, they'll give you up to $200 back for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So download the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet $50 on any game, 111 in free bets, plus up to $200 in free bets in insurance the first five weeks. That is all you got to do. Betfred Sportsbook, Betfred Sportsbook app. Tell them Torres sent you. Enjoy March, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, let's switch gears and let's get to the other side of the re- of, of the bracket. I will try to be quicker. 37 minutes on the opening side of the bracket. We'll try to make this one faster. We'll try to get you out of here, uh, and we'll call it a day. Let's start with the West region. Again, we are using the Bracket Fanatics bracket. We are going to the West region 
where we'll start in the top right-hand corner. Then we'll go to the Midwest. We'll get out of here with my national championship pick. But we're going to start with Kansas Howard. Listen, there's really nothing for me to say here that's super intriguing. The only thing that's really worth noting, one, credit Howard, Kenny Blakeney, all that. But two, obviously, you hope that Bill Self is okay. We saw the reports. We know he didn't coach in the Big 12 tournament. It sounds as though he's fine. You never really know. Hope he's okay. Hope he, First of all, hope his health is okay. That's what's most important. But, uh, you know, whether he coaches or not, and again, all indications are that he is, uh, just hope that he's healthy. I think Kansas rules in this one. 8-9 game, Arkansas, Illinois. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. What do you say about this one? Neither team playing very well. Both came into the season with a lot of hype. Uh, Arkansas is 3-6 and six in its last nine games since Nick Smith Jr. came back. Illinois 4-5 and five in its last nine games. They actually lost their Big Ten opener to Penn State. Arkansas survived against Auburn in the SEC tournament before losing uh, their next game. Overall, this Arkansas team, super inconsistent. It's just hard for me to back this Arkansas team. Now, I will say about Arkansas, if they can survive this game, I actually like how they match up with Kansas in the round of 32. And I believe that you know if they win this game, we can see some Eric Musselman March Magic and they can end up on the second weekend. But I've just watched this Arkansas team and they've just been too inconsistent over the final few weeks of the season. Remember, big home game to end the regular season. You lose to Kentucky. Uh, you lose at Tennessee. You lose at Texas A&M. You beat Auburn and then you lose to Texas A&M in a game that you control for a big chunk of it in the SEC tournament. So I could be dead wrong on this. Hogs fans have at me. Call me an idiot if you get this one. I've just seen too much inconsistency from this Arkansas team. I'm going to take Illinois to win this game. Let's keep it going. Bottom half of that region. Listen, we talk about 5-12 upsets, right? I took Duke over Oral Roberts, and then I also took uh, in the South region, I took San Diego State over Charleston. I think this is a 5-12 upset here that happens. So Virginia Commonwealth, VCU over St. Mary's. Listen, St. Mary's is a nice story. We know who they are. Super slow, super methodical. They want to beat you in one specific way. What does VCU do as well as almost anybody in college basketball? They speed you up and they force turnovers, okay? This is a team that is elite in terms of forcing turnovers, top 15 nationally in terms of turnovers forced, 16 and a half, almost 17 per game. And we've seen with St. Mary's, if you can speed them up, you can beat them. If you can speed them up playing faster, you get them out of their comfort zone. Gonzaga did it twice in the last two weeks. St. Mary's had no chance. BYU in the WCC semifinals was able to do that. Almost blew the lead. St. Mary's was up huge, almost blew the lead. I like VCU to pull off this upset in the 5-12 game. 4-13 game, I'll tell you. UConn-Iona. When this bracket came out, I was mortified. Rick Pitino. Nobody wants to draw Rick Pitino. I've talked myself off the ledge. I actually like this matchup for UConn. Thing with Iona, they're not super skilled. What they want to do is beat you up, get you uncomfortable, make you physical. Okay, get physical with you and make you uncomfortable. Well, guess what? That's what UConn is actually good at. UConn UConn wants to do the exact same thing. They want to get just as physical with you as you get with them. And so I look at this game and and look, I I think there's a lot of teams that would give, uh, that Iona would give fits to. I'm just not totally sold that UConn is one of them. And so I look at this game, Iona's a nine and a half point underdog. The over under is 143 and a half. I would bet the under because both these teams want to beat the crap out of you. 
But the one thing that UConn can do is handle physicality. It's what they deal with and practice every single day. I like UConn to advance in this 4-13 game. Let's keep it going. Bottom half of this loaded, loaded, loaded bracket. The 6-11 matchup is TCU versus the winner of tonight's matchup of 11 seeds, Arizona State and Nevada. I'll be blunt. I think Arizona State probably wins. I don't think either team has a chance against TCU. Listen, TCU, there's some weird stuff going on. Eddie Lampkin, a starter for most of the year, left the program right before the Big 12 tournament. He accused Jamie Dixon of some stuff. It doesn't feel like it has very much legs simply because of the fact that Jamie Dixon is still coaching. TCU won one game at the Big 12 tournament, then lost a game at the Big 12 tournament. But regardless of who they play, I think they win convincingly. Uh, 314 matchup, Gonzaga and Grand Canyon. Listen, Grand Canyon is coming off a really, really good run at the WAC tournament. Uh, obviously, Grand Canyon is coached by Bryce Drew, if you remember that name. Uh, he took Grand Canyon a few weeks, a few years ago to the NCAA tournament. They are back. And I'll say this they shot the ball really well in the uh, Mount in the WAC tournament, excuse me, 13 of 20 from three in the final of that tournament. But I just don't see them being able to hang with Gonzaga. Now, this is one if you're a better uh, in the Betfred Sportsbook, Gonzaga is a 15 point favorite, but the over under 156. I could see that over hitting with ease. That would be a bet that I would be very comfortable making. But I think Gonzaga advances out of this game. Let's keep it going. The 7-10 game. Boise is the 10. Northwestern is the 7. I actually like Boise in this one. So Boise is an interesting story. Last year, they get to the NCAA tournament in round one. They play Memphis down to the wire. Can't quite hold on for the victory. This year, they're back. I think they're, and frankly, I just think they're a better team than Northwestern. Northwestern is kind of an interesting deal. Listen, I don't want to discredit the school, but one, my my hunch is that they're happy to be here in the NCAA tournament, just ha- second tournament appearance in school history. But you look at the schedule. What they were able to do is a couple of things. They were able to beat a lot of teams early before people kind of figured them out. They won a lot of super close games by two to Wisconsin, six to Ohio State, whatever. And then they beat some teams in some advantageous spots. So they beat Indiana early right after they lost Xavier Johnson. They beat Indiana late right as they were coming off an emotional win against Michigan. Second straight game there. I just don't see this. I think Northwestern, really good story. I think Boise State's the better team. Five different players average nine plus points per game for Boise. I think they roll in this one. And then bottom of, bottom of the bracket, UCLA against UNC Asheville. UCLA should cruise. Listen, I, I'll give UCLA credit really quickly. No Jalen Clark. I thought they actually played really well in the Pac-12 tournament, minus Jalen Clark. Adem Bona is obviously expected back for this one. I think UCLA rolls. Let's go to the round of 32, Kansas versus Illinois. I'm going to take Kansas. Listen, one thing I'll say about Bill Self that is worth noting. Bill Self, as great as he is, his kryptonite as a coach is short turnarounds in the NCAA tournament. It feels like every year, If he's to lose, it's either in the Elite Eight or the round of 32. So I went back and looked it up, okay? So Kansas won the national championship last year. 2020, there was no tournament. But of the last eight tournaments that Bill Self has coached in that he did not win, so taking out last year and taking out 2020 because of COVID, in the last eight tournaments, seven of those tournaments, Bill Self lost on a short turnaround. By the way, Arkansas fans, that's why I like you guys if you can beat Illinois. If you can beat Illinois, there is no better short turnaround coach than Eric Musselman. I just worry about that Illinois game. 
I will have Kansas going to the Sweet 16 out of this bracket. We're all having facing UConn. Listen, UConn VCU, good story. The problem with VCU, they speed you up, but I just don't know that physically and athletically they can match up with UConn. This is an interesting game where VCU, super athletic, but they're not a great rebounding team. Um, they're not a great, they're, they're, you know, they're an okay rim protecting team, not a great shooting team. So I think VCU can speed up St. Mary's in the round, in the, the, the first round. I don't know that you can speed up UConn in the round of 32. I know UConn lost in the Big East tournament to Marquette in the quarterfinals, but that was a game they easily could have won. They had the ball in position to potentially win it late. I like UConn to advance to the Sweet 16 in Vegas. And no, I will not be going because I have a wedding that weekend here in LA. Bottom half of the bracket. Okay, so TCU versus Gonzaga. Very interesting. Gonzaga has a streak that I think a lot of people are aware of, but some of you probably aren't. Gonzaga has made at least the Sweet 16. So they have made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament every year since 2015. Now seven straight tournaments. I think it's over against TCU. Listen, one thing TCU does, they push the ball in transition. They're aggressive. They're athletic. They're skilled. There are a lot of things, okay? And Gonzaga, they want to run. Well, Gonzaga wants to run, but I think TCU has better dudes to do it with. I have worried about Gonzaga's guard play all year long. And so because of it, I'm going to take TCU. Both teams want to run. Both teams want to get up and down. TCU has the better athletes. And so I'm going to roll with the Horn Frogs to pull off the upset there and advance to the Sweet 16 where they will face UCLA. Boise State, great story. Win an NCAA tournament game. They don't have the dudes to keep up with UCLA. Again, UCLA, I was very impressed by how they handled themselves in the Pac-12 tournament. I have them winning that game. Let's go to the top half of the bracket. UConn and Kansas in the in the Sweet 16. I'm going to take UConn to pull off. I guess maybe it's an upset. Maybe it isn't. Listen, the thing about Kansas this year, this isn't a UConn homer. Oh, my God, Kansas. Yeah. Here's the thing. Kansas all year long. The one thing that we've talked about all year, they don't have much of a post presence. And I don't think, as weird as it sounds, I don't think it really hurt them in Big 12 play. Think about Texas. Texas isn't super big down low. Uh, TCU without Eddie Lampkin isn't super big down low. Kansas State isn't super big down low. Well, UConn, Adama Sanogo, Donovan Klingon, Alex Caravan, a 6'9 wing, UConn is really big down low. So I think the guard play is about even. Tristan Newton, you know, for UConn, Jordan Hawkins. Um, and then for Kansas, obviously their strength, Kansas has at, at the guard, Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris. Their strength is on the wing with Jalen Wilson, and I think UConn has the bodies to throw at Jalen Wilson, starting with Andre Jackson. So you look at UConn, I think four out of the five spots on the floor, UConn has the better team. I think UConn advances to the Elite Eight, where they will play UCLA. I do think this is where TCU's run ends. I think this is going to be one of those typical TCU builds momentum I think they're going to beat Gonzaga pretty bad. It's going to catch people's eye, and we're going to spend all week saying, oh, TCU, here comes TCU. Could they advance to a Final Four, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, whatever? And I think they lose to UCLA because the one thing with UCLA, they are not going to get sped up. We saw it two years ago in the Final Four. You cannot push the ball on them. You cannot beat them in fast break and in, in transition. And so I look at this UCLA team. Um, I, I, I think they're going to control tempo. I think they're going to take care of business. I think they advance to the Elite Eight, where they will play UConn. And I think I'm going to surprise some people. 
I'm actually going to go UCLA to the final four. Here's the thing. Listen, UCLA is an interesting deal. Everybody has given up on UCLA. and I find it very interesting. Okay. I find it very interesting that basically we went into the Pac-12 tournament saying UCLA has no chance without Jalen Clark. Well, guess what? Then what happened? They played Oregon in the second round. They struggled in the first round against Colorado. They advanced. But then they beat Oregon in the, the semifinals. I'll tell you this. Oregon, in my opinion, is better than probably about 10 to 12 teams that got at large bids. Now, Oregon just didn't have a resume because they struggled early. But you look at UCLA. That Oregon team they beat that they largely controlled. That Oregon team is better than a lot of teams in the tournament. And UCLA beat them from start to finish. Then the Pac-12 championship game, everybody focuses on Arizona 1. Arizona at essentially full strength, and I know Kirk Creasa wasn't of fully strength at full strength, but UCLA without a Dembona, their best rim protector and shot blocker, and low post guy against maybe the best front court in college basketball. They were a shot away from beating Arizona in what was essentially an Arizona home game. And so I look at UCLA, they're not intimidated by size, they're not intimidated by physicality. I think UCLA, they maybe do a better job of playing their style of making you play their style than anybody in college basketball. And so I look at UCLA. I think they beat UConn to go to a Final Four. Credit to the UCLA Bruins if they did second in three years under Mick Cronin. Let's finally wrap really quickly with the Midwest region, and then I'll give my Final Four national championship picks. First, Houston against Northern Kentucky. Listen, we all love the Norse, but I love my Cougars. Love my Cougars. Houston rolls. 8-9 8-9 game. This is the interesting one, right? Iowa versus Auburn. What's the conversation all ye- all week? How did Auburn get a game in Birmingham? Uh, you know, how does the nine seed get a game in Birmingham that is essentially a de facto home game? I bring it up to say Auburn's a one-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook, a slight favorite over Iowa. Here's what I find interesting, though. If you look at the Betfred Sportsbook, the over-under is 152. 152 means that this is a game that's going to be played in the high to mid 70s. If it's played in the mid 70s, that is advantage Iowa. And I was thinking about Iowa. I don't love Fran McCaffrey. I don't think it's some incredible program, but you look at them. They're quick. They're athletic. They want to get up and down. The one thing that Auburn does better than anybody, they rebound and they block shots. Well, you know who has big guys that Iowa has seen? Oh, I don't know. Literally everyone in the Big Ten. Everyone in the Big Ten has a big burly center at the rim, and Auburn has Janai Broom. And so I think if this is a game that's played in the 70s, that's advantage Iowa. So I like Iowa to win. I actually used a little bit of, of the odds in the Betfred Sportsbook to reflect that. 5-12 matchup in this one. Second straight region. I'm taking the five to pull off the upset Drake over Miami. I think a couple things here. One, Miami not at full strength, nor Chad O'Meara, their star low post player, um, hurt his ankle in the ACC tournament. Obviously, it'll be about a week. I'm sure he'll play, but he's not at 100%. And I look at this Drake team and a few things stand out. One, elite defensively, top 40 defense in college basketball. Elite three-point shooting, 37%. But here's the other thing. They are one of the oldest teams in this sport, one of the oldest teams in college basketball. Four four of their five starters are either grad transfers, fifth-year seniors, fourth-year seniors, okay? The fifth guy is a guy named Tucker DeVries, the coach's son who could be playing at the high major level. 
And so you have four guys that have been there before. Remember, Drake made the NCAA tournament two years ago. And so I look at this team and I think they're going to be ready for the challenge. I think they beat Miami. Again, if you can shoot threes and you can defend, I like your chances. 413 matchup with Indiana and Kent State. I'll be blunt. You know, I I I had liked Kent State coming out of the weekend, but I think Indiana's okay for one game. And, and here's why. Indiana over the last month has not been great and they have not been consistent, but they've been good when the spotlight is on them. Okay. They were great in the two Purdue games. They were great in the Big Ten tournament opener, but then they get into that routine. They get into that, this, that, that, and that's when they struggle. And so I think they take care of business in this game because for a week, all they're hearing is how Kent State is going to beat them. So I think Indiana survives that one. Bottom half of the bracket, Iowa State is playing Pitt like Iowa State to advance. Iowa State not playing great basketball right now. Um, They did win their Big 12 tournament opener. They did beat Baylor in the regular season finale. But it's kind of wild is if you look at the last month of their schedule, Iowa State really struggled down the stretch. They had four straight losses before that Baylor game. Their only other win. We're talking about in their last 10 games, they're three and seven. One win was against TCU without Mike Miles, their star guard. And then the other two were against Baylor. Other than that, 0-7, I like Iowa State to beat Pitt in that game. And then from there, keep it going. Xavier against Kennesaw State. Listen, I, I was really impressed by Kennesaw State in their conference tournament. The problem is they're small, they're super athletic and quick. That's not the team that's going to beat Xavier. Xavier is big, athletic, and quick. I think Xavier rolls in this opener. Bottom half of the bracket. So Texas A&M and Penn State. I see a lot of Penn State love. I actually think this is one of the easiest games to pick. I like Texas A&M to win and roll, and let me explain why. Last year, we all know they just missed the NCAA tournament. Most of that team came back. The last piece that they added in the middle of the summer was a Wichita State transfer named Dexter Dennis, okay? Dexter Dennis is a wing and an elite defender. To me, that's important for one simple reason. Everything Penn State wants to do is with their star guard, Jalen Pickett, and I think they just throw Dexter Dennis on him and make his life miserable. I think Texas A&M rolls in that one. I think Texas beats Colgate, but Colgate is a tough team. Remember, they took Arkansas. They gave Arkansas fits for about 30-ish minutes in the NCAA tournament two years ago. I think Texas wins. Back to the top half of the bracket, Houston beats Iowa. I don't even think it's it's close, honestly. Houston's going to beat the crap out of them. Obviously, the story with Houston, keep an eye on Marcus Sasser. You'd hope he'd be back by this game. I think they can survive without him through this game. But you get to a Sweet 16 without Marcus Sasser, I worry. And how about Indiana? My boy, Mike F. and Woodson. I got them beating Drake to advance to the Sweet 16. I just think, again, they're gonna beat, they're gonna beat uh Kent State. And then they're gonna hear again, oh, Drake, you know, they just beat Miami. Can Drake take care of business? What what ends up happening? But I think Indiana advances to the Sweet 16. Xavier, Iowa State. Listen, Iowa State's gonna get their tournament win. I don't think they're beating Xavier, though. I'll be honest. I've been impressed with Xavier. This was a team that late in the season was really struggling without Zach Fremantle, their star forward. Uh, he got hurt. He's been out. And I think they adjusted nicely. Go to the Big East tournament. They win their first two games. They beat uh, Creighton you know, in, in the semifinals to advance to the final. Fall short against Marquette. But I really like the Xavier team. And then the game everybody's excited about. Texas, Texas A&M. 
I like AM. I really do. One, I think AM is really good. I think they're misseeded. I think they're probably closer to, you know, I, listen, I think they're one of the probably 15 best teams in college basketball over the final two months of the season. Um, but I also like this specific matchup. And the other thing with Texas that I worry about, I said it with Marquette a minute ago. There's always one team that everybody gets really excited about, um, that gets really excited about coming out of the conference tournaments. And I think Texas is the team this year that could struggle. Remember, this is a team, they were four, what were they four and four in their last eight regular season games. They had a chance to win the big big 10, a big, big 12 regular season. They did not do it. I like Texas A&M to pull off the upset in the sweet 16. I think this is where the story ends for, for Indiana, Indiana against Houston by then Marcus Sasser, you would think is healthy. I just don't think Indiana has the dudes to keep up physically with Houston bottom half of the bracket. How about this? You want to see how quickly uh, uh, things can change in a year? Remember Xavier, Texas A&M was the NIT championship game last year. Xavier beat Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M gets revenge. I like Texas A&M, their physicality. I think they advanced to the Elite Eight. Like I said, I believe they're probably one of the 10, 12 best teams in college basketball over the final month of the season. And then in the Elite Eight, I like Houston to beat Texas A&M. Houston just got too many dudes. Texas A&M, great story. Elite Eight, probably, I believe, the first time in school history. I do like Houston to advance. So my final four, I got Arizona and Marquette on one side. I got UCLA Houston on the other, and I got Arizona beating Marquette. I think this is where the storybook ends for Marquette. Incredible season. Happy to be there. All that good stuff. Arizona's just too big and too physical. Houston against UCLA. UCLA, this is where their physicality and their toughness is matched. Houston wins. And then in a championship game in Houston, I have the Houston Cougars winning the national championship. How about my Cougars? preseason i picked them to lose in the title game to north carolina this one i'm picking them to win listen they have all the pieces veterans been there done that made a final four two years ago made an elite eight last year you could argue kelvin sampson's maybe one of the two or three best coaches in college basketball they would obviously have an insane home court advantage if they were to advance to the final four houston is my national champion all right I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Sports Podcast. It is time for me to get out of here because you guys have brackets to fill out. A couple things. If you have not signed up for the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge yet, make sure to do so, okay? Make sure to sign up for the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge, bracketfanatics.com, bracket named Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, $1,000 in cash prizes. Great part is it's free to enter. Uh, but make sure to do that if you have not already. And uh, also, as far as the show is concerned, a couple things. One, make sure you subscribe. Make sure to rate and review the show. Where have the ratings and review been, people? I put out content every single day. All I ask, give me a quick rating, a review, five stars on Apple. I love this show. Torres is great. Torres doesn't do great, but I still gave him five stars anyways. Who cares? But yeah, I think that's it. I talked a lot. I'm exhausted. I'm going to get out of here. Now, a couple things. One Thursday, we will do a quick betting preview with my guy, Jason Silva from Betfred Sportsbook. So make sure to check out that. But that's all for today. Quick betting show. Final four is Arizona Marquette, UCLA Houston. Houston winning the national championship over Arizona. I'm going to get out of here. That said, you know what I'm going to end with? Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick, UF head unblock me, bro. Shout out to Houston. Love me them Cougars. I'll be back on Thursday. New episode, Aaron Torres Pod. Oh, by the way, 
Be back on Friday recapping round one. Fun time of year, man. Houston over Arizona. Good luck filling out your bracket, people. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.